Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review. This is a classic of a kind. This is a review of the new version of Weird Science. This is one of those movies I saw so many times as a teenager, I've probably only watched it a handful of times as an adult. If you've never seen Weird Science, go watch the movie. This was a turning point a little bit for John Hughes. If you don't remember, and I will do a separate podcast on John Hughes and how important he was to the 80s, but John Hughes made some movies. He wrote some movies and got into Hollywood that way and made like 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, um, went on to do Weird Science, uh, She's Having a Baby, a few, well, I think he only wrote that one. But anyway, um, he was quintessential, as far as I'm concerned, of all of the directors that tried to capture 80s teen and early adolescent life. I, As silly and almost borderline raunchy as the comedies are, they're also very heartfelt and very real in the way they depict teens going through what are turbulent times when you're that age. Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club, I mean, they're almost... Uh, Breakfast Club is untouchable. That is just a perfect teen, you know, here's what we're going through movie at this time, this date. It just, it's a time capsule. But Weird Science marked him stepping out a little bit and going into fantasy worlds to blow up the comedy and make it a bit bigger. That the movie was produced by a young Joel Silver, who at the time was beginning to work on things like Lethal Weapon and big action movies, kind of speaks for why this movie turned out the way it did. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall... Elon Mitchell Smith, Kelly LeBrock, they're the big stars, but you'll see some other people. You got the bad guy from Road Warrior, you got the bad guy from the original Hills Have Eyes. Uh, there's some other quirky characters in the movie. And for those that haven't seen it, I'm shocked, but it's a fantasy about two teenage boys who are bored. They're spending the night together on a weekend, and they decide to build a girl, kind of like Frankenstein, except using their computer and the internet. So, first up, this movie. Watching it with my. Adult eyes and ears, I watched the theatrical version first. The new Arrow release that came out, it's been out for over a year, um, has three different versions of the movie. The TV version, which I probably won't watch because it's heavily edited. There's an extended version and the theatrical version. So I watched the theatrical version first just to re-experience the movie. Then I'm going to watch the added scenes, which they're only about two and a half minutes of. The thing that blew me away most about this movie is the script. It is incredibly efficient. This movie moves so fast, at least up until about the last 20 minutes. It is, I mean, it is a textbook case of how to edit down a movie to it's what you only need to tell the story because we get introductions to the characters and their lifestyles, the credits, and they're already created the girl 13 minutes into the movie. I mean, most movies would stretch that out and it's a bit, you know, no, they wanted to get to the action that followed that. And in watching some of the extras, there obviously was a lot of footage shoot, a lot of ad-libbing, a lot of let's see what else we can do in these situations that wasn't included in the movie. So kudos to the editors and for John Hughes, who wrote and directed it, for getting it down to what it is. It's got a great soundtrack. 
uh, I mentioned in another podcast I just did that it was interesting that this came out at a time when the whole Van Halen, David Lee Roth thing was fluid. And it not only has Pretty Woman in there during a mall scene, but it also in the beginning when they're building the girl has Dave on MTV as one of the personalities they throw into her head. And that was when he was starting to do his solo stuff, all happening right around the same time. Um, the acting is all good. Um, you've got a very young Robert Downey Jr. before he got his teeth fixed and before he had a junior to his name. He plays a second fiddle bad guy character, basically, and it's funny to watch him because he's still got that charisma and stuff, but he's not quite there yet. Um, and the guy that's you know above him on the acting made a couple of these movies, and I don't know what he's doing these days, so that's interesting. But overall, the movie is highly entertaining. It gets into the typical John Hughes, let's wrap everything up with a bow, everybody gets a happy ending at the end, and the end takes a while. To, it, it feels like Lord of the Rings almost. Okay, let's go thank the elves, and let's go thank the dwarves, and let's go thank, you know. Um, not quite that bad, but it's funny that this movie moves at a breakneck pace from the moment it starts up until about 20 minutes before the end, 15, 20, you know, and then they slow down and wrap everything up. And it does wrap everything up well. Nobody ever really talked about this. I thought it would be fun to do some kind of sequel. It, you know, they were endearing characters. Um, jerks learned and got their comeuppance. Um, the, the geeks learned that it's not about looks and things like that. You know, it they're, they're, for a raunchy PG-13 comedy, it, you know, has some actually good things to say. And if I got to point something out that didn't age very well, well, first of all, the technology. I mean, <laughs> the graphics uh, uh, that they're using, uh, hacking graphics, which at the time you would have just seen text. They're, you know, they look like lawnmower man graphics when they're going down tubes when they're hacking. They had to put the phone in the modem next to them. This was high tech at the time. But yes, dial-up modem that you actually picked up your telephone, put it in the modem that was connected to the computer so the computer could talk to the internet. Yeah. Good old days. But the that that is kind of funny. You know, it's before cell phones and things like that, and the computer technology is quaint, and that, that makes it a slice of life. But towards the end, and not giving too many things away, but when the boys finally realize what it takes to be brave, you know, Anthony Michael Hall has a line, you come in here with all your faggots messing up the place and whatever. And that line just didn't hold up well. It's just funny how it kind of stuck out. In the 80s, that would have been fine. But today, that's just not, no, that's not one of the things we say. Um, and, and rightly so. It's, it, it, you know, again, a sign of the times, but it didn't age very well. So Weird Science, all in all, is an entertaining time capsule. The acting is all pretty top-notch. The effects for their time were really good. Um, it's funny, uh, that scene where the girl, why it's PG-13, other than it pushes the envelope in other ways. But there's a girl playing piano at the party, and the piano gets sucked out, then her clothes get sucked off, and then she gets sucked out. But there's heavy editing there, so you don't see a whole lot. And that's interesting. I wonder. Um, I haven't watched the extra scenes yet. I wonder if there was more to that. I'm sure there probably was. Weird Science. Um, it's a quintessential John Hughes movie. It doesn't rank up there with, you know, Breakfast Club or 16 Candles, but it is an interesting sidebar, an interesting note in his career that he attempted to take the idea of weird science and go go Google what weird science was before a movie. Comic books, bubblegum cards, you know, he actually captured the flavor of that pretty well and then forced it into a John Hughes, you know, tasty cookie to eat. Um, 
All in all, I, I was really surprised by how effective the movie was, how fast-paced it was, considering the time it came out. It is much faster-paced than Sixteen Candles or Breakfast Club, which, again, are still classics. But this this movie really moved. I expected, like, oh, wow, I've got this movie memorized. I'm going to put this in, but, you know. And then it started. I'm like, wow, this this moves from scene to this really it cooks. So kudos to uh, John Hughes and his editor, which isn't credited on the back of the steelbook I got from Arrow. Uh, it's been remastered. It says it is a 4K remaster. Yeah, a 4K scan of the original negative. It's pretty grainy, the theatrical version. I haven't watched the extended version. Like I said, it's about two and a half minutes longer. Um, it was a pretty grainy experience, but you expect that from the time and the cameras that were used. And if you are sitting, you know, a little bit far back from your TV, you probably wouldn't notice, but it is a very grainy picture. So for people that don't like grain, it hasn't been DNR'd to death, and that's a good thing. Um, but it does look like it's source material. That being said, there's a lot of detail. The colors actually pop. Um, I noticed a few things that I had never noticed before, and this is a movie I've owned on VHS and DVD, and I think I even have a Blu-ray copy of it somewhere before I got this brand new, you know, remastered edition. So the Arrow remastered edition uh, is very worthy to get all three versions of the movies and a stack of extras. Yeah, I'll go through the extras and probably do a second podcast. Um, Stereo on the back, it says 2.0, but there is a 5.1 track for the theatrical version, just for the audio files out there. Uh, If you haven't watched it in a long time, check it out and see. Like I said, it's fun to watch Robert Downey Jr. and a couple of these actors, incredibly young, pulling off some of the things they pull off. And Bill Paxton is Chet. Wow, I first of all didn't remember him being that young in those scenes, but second of all, he's freaking amazing in the movie like he was in Aliens and a few other things he made. I, I thought it was great. Uh, so anyway, Weird Science held up a lot better than I thought, except for a couple things like technology and some ver- vocabulary. But other than that, they, they did pretty good. It's a pretty fun, entertaining comedy fantasy from the 80s. It will take you back for sure. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My podcasts are available pretty much wherever you can subscribe to podcasts. Uh, Don't forget to check out the Patreon page if you'd like to give some support. There's actually some freebies involved that you can get for doing such a thing. Um, Also have my own website, which is therockfile.com, that has links to everything else. And some major projects coming. Got a couple conference calls today, as a matter of fact. I will have a big announcement coming when it all is ready to, like, get ready to launch you will be the first ones to know. So stay tuned wherever you're following me in the new Facebook group or whatever. I will let you know. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Bye.